good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts, coming live this morning on this Monday in the middle of November from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. As we sit here, it's about 30 degrees. The sun was uh, out earlier, a little cloudy at the moment, but uh, we've got a good day to be in Milwaukee, and we've got a big basketball game tonight, the Gavit Games. It is Illinois. 2-0 against the 2-0 Marquette Golden Eagles. Good to have you with us this morning on A Penny for Your Thoughts. You can join us anytime along the way, 217-356-9397 is the phone number. Text line, Castle Heating and Cooling presents that, 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. So we've got Lauren Tate with us this morning, Monday morning quarterbacking. We'll talk a lot of basketball, of course, and a lot of football, too, as Illinois football gets back into action this weekend at Iowa City against the Hawkeyes at 1 o'clock. How about that, Lauren Tate, a 1 o'clock football game? Well, Eikenberry told me once upon a time that all the games should be played at 1 o'clock. <laughs> he said, well, we're certainly going to keep our homecoming game at 1 o'clock. How'd that work out? I know. It didn't work out very well, but it's just funny now it is because it's on TV. It's at 1 o'clock on Saturday. Yeah, so that's, that's good. Uh, I found that interesting, so. Well, interesting week ahead here, and uh, we get the the big crossover time. We've had a couple of uh, non-conference games for Brad Underwood's team, and now on the road against a uh, foe, of course, in Marquette out of the Big East, part of the Gavitt games. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing about Marquette is they're going to actually, I think they're going to start three freshmen. That's what they've done in the first two games, and they got a 6'7 freshman, a 6'8 freshman, and a, and a guard at, as a freshman, so... We'll see how they take to the Illinois defense, which up to now has at times been smothering. And I think uh, other than the one uh, exhibition game has been, to me, the most impressive thing about the, the team. They're not shooting as well as they can, I don't think, Brian, but they're certainly playing defense about as well as they can. Well, defense, I think, in some of the stats around the country have them as the number one defensive team based on percentages or something that they're – computing it's still early through two games but uh against the marquette team that uh, new coach shaka smart remember everybody wanted to hire shaka smart back a few years ago yeah they wanted him in illinois didn't they (laughs) (laughs) some people did yeah (laughs) but uh you know he's gonna he's gonna pressure and i don't think that's gonna hurt illinois i think with the guards that illinois has is cabello and fraser that They'll be fine against the press, and I think that they can burn a press because the idea in beating a press is not to get it over the midcourt. It's to take it all the way. That's what you got to do, and Illinois likes to, likes to do that. They want to score within seven seconds if they can. And they've got a new player, a familiar name, Daryl Morcell, comes in from Maryland. He had 26 the other night in their win over New Hampshire. They needed every one of those points, I think. Yeah, they beat New Hampshire 75-70. They had a earlier win over SIU Edwardsville. I believe that was about... 88 to 77, I believe. And, uh, uh, you know, Marcel is, he's just a terrific player. He was the defensive player of the year 
in the Big Ten. He's he was a guy that hit the winning basket against Illinois in Champaign. I mean, he's uh, and you know, uh, I, that's a big loss for Maryland's all I can say. I don't know why uh, I don't know why he made that move, but it, maybe you have some inside information. I don't, Brian. I don't know why he made that move. Yeah, I don't either, uh, frankly. But uh, he's there. And, again, they did uh, struggle a bit with New Hampshire. New Hampshire led that game with six minutes to go at the Fiserv Forum. This is the new home of the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, of course, who just won the NBA. It's a beautiful arena, I hear, Lauren. And um, I know Illinois and Marquette have played some over the years. It's been a while since back when uh, Dion Thomas was playing. In fact, Dion's going to join us for a few minutes after the, the top of the hour. But uh, what have we played about 14 times, I think, over the years? Yeah, more than I realized. Uh, and uh, and Illinois was uh, dominant for a lot of years early, and then uh, got it turned on them later. But I'm just I'm intrigued by these uh, these young players that Marquette is using because uh, you know their future might be pretty good if they can keep hang on to these guys. Uh, uh, Prosper, by the way, the six eight freshman is from Montreal. Their center is from the Sudan, South Sudan. Uh, they get him from everywhere, and of course they stole Marcel from Maryland from the University of Maryland, where he played four years, except one year he, he only had a couple games, but uh, and redshirted, obviously. But, uh, well, he's a, he's a good pickup. Yep, and uh, the Illini contingent will contend that Trent Frazier should have been Defensive Player of the Year, but Morcel was pretty good, too. So uh, we'll see how that goes uh, tonight. Of course, the Illini without Kofi Coburn uh, tonight, but certainly got Curbelo and Frazier back, and uh, Curbelo uh, was magnificent the other night when he was in there. Didn't play a ton of minutes, but man, he was. Uh, it makes a difference when you got him in there. Yeah, seven assists in nineteen minutes, and he had a couple of great assists that weren't converted. <laughs> well, I mean, one cold layup that was missed that they made a beautiful pass on. So sometimes your assists are dependent on the ability of the guys to. Sometimes, uh, Brian, you can just throw the ball to the guy on the on the perimeter, and he hits a three, and that's an assist. And you know that isn't really penetrating or really setting a guy up is just throwing the guy throwing the ball to the guy next to you but uh he, this, this is a little bit different with uh Curbelo. he 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 sets guys up with passes they don't even expect we're going to talk about the basketball game if you have some thoughts on the team after the game on friday night your thoughts about the game tonight again we'll have Dion thomas join us after the top of the hour at 10 for a few minutes and uh, talk about the game this evening uh, Illinois and Marquette. As part of the Gavit games, Illinois won and two in those games. They lost at Providence in 2015 by one, beat DePaul in 2017, and lost to Georgetown uh, three years ago by a score of 88 to 80. Also, football news, of course, and uh, Ryan Walters gets rewarded for his work early on. I'll say, uh, and I'd say he deserves a million bucks. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's, he. I, that entire staff has has done such a job, but. I, I just thought that uh, game after game here, they just seem to be getting better and better. And uh, we look back on a couple of disappointing drives late in games that Illinois lost. But since that time, Illinois has been really uh, productive defensively and the best defense we've had in years and years. Yeah, I looked at some of the uh, – let's see, I had the defensive notes here, and I think you may have mentioned it too in your column yesterday – the last few games going backwards now from last two weeks ago, six points allowed, 20 points, 18, 24, 14, 13, and 20. That's 16.4 points a game in the last seven with essentially the same guys from a team that gave up 35 last year. Yeah, and the same the same guys that at the end of the season gave up 56 to Penn State, and then they turned right around and, and held Penn State down. It's, it's just been a, 
a, a magical turn. And, and the schemers, as I call them, have, are very involved. they got four coaches on the defensive side who have all been defensive coordinators, uh, you know, extensively. I mean, Kane's been a defensive coordinator for the last five years. And when you have that much brain power – it, you know, it doesn't always work, but they they but they just work ex- extremely well together. And the thing that that uh, gets me excited about the defense is they got so many guys coming back uh, next year. They got so many uh, underclassmen, or at least uh, they got, got if not underclassmen, they got fifty year seniors coming back next year. They're going to be extremely valuable. It'll be great to have uh, uh, you know those interior guys like Newton and Randolph. Who you, know, you got to have the, the the tackle play, Brian, in order to be successful. You got to stop it up front first, and they've gotten tremendous play from them, as well as Carney and Gay, who are both seniors. And I, I they've got Seth Coleman coming back at one of those ends. They'll have to replace uh, Carney, and that'll be a tough job. But uh, I think the linebacking is set. I think the defensive secondary is set, and up front they just have to find some defensive ends. We'll take your phone calls, emails, and texts. Let me get a break in here. We visit with Lauren Tate up until 11 o'clock. I'm live in Milwaukee. Lauren is in studio. We've got the game tonight at 6. Our game day coverage starting at 4 today. And uh, the Illini then will uh, be a week in between games. The next game after tonight will be in Kansas City against the Cincinnati Bearcats in the Hall of Fame Classic from the Sprint Center in downtown Kansas City. We'll do the shows from there next week as well. We'll come back with more on Monday Morning Quarterback Show with Lauren Tate. Blake Land is our producer today. Back after this timeout here on Penny. All right, welcome back to Milwaukee. We're on a Penny for your thoughts here this morning as we have all of our game day coverage in the game tonight, Illinois and Marquette. Illinois leads the all-time series nine games to five. They have not played since December of 1993 at the old Bradley Center in Milwaukee. The Illini lost to Marquette 74-65 in that game. Uh, Deion Thomas in the game, I think, had like 14 points and eight rebounds, but uh, was in some foul trouble, I guess. Kiwan Garris had 12. Shelley Clark had 11. That was the last meeting, December 7, 1993. And, Lauren, I was looking. Uh, I know Al McGuire, of course, looms large at Marquette. Uh, I don't know. I'm just based on the games we played in 1960 and then again in 1979. Uh, he was the coach after 1960, I think, and before 1979. But I don't know if you ever run ac- ran across him at all in your days covering the oh, team. Oh, yeah. Well, when he yeah. was doing uh, TV, I'll never forget. You know, let's just face it. He didn't always do all the preliminary work. He just kind of came off the cuff and – he came up to me before one of the Illinois Marquette games, and and uh, and he he was he was he was doing the color for television, and he said, uh, "Tell me one thing about each Illinois player." So he's got this this uh, pad out, and 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 after each guy, I I said something about each guy, and then he used that on television when when the, when that person's name would come up, then he'd flash that uh, that comment about it. That he did. I'm I'm just uh, you know I he was kind of. Off the, he's not like you, Brian. He wasn't doing a lot of study beforehand. <laughs> but as a coach, he did win a national oh, title that, that yeah. final year, and he had some really good teams, didn't I'll he, over see. those years? Yeah, he was a heck of a coach. And Hank Raymond was a big part of that, too. Hank Raymond succeeded him as a coach at Marquette. And uh, he, Hank did most of the work in practice. Uh, I think uh, I think uh, I'm not sure that uh, there was as much effort on practice as there was for the games at least uh, that's that's the impression I got. 
but he was he was a he was a kind of a free flying uh, you know just uh, and and he, he was just different from other coaches of, of his time I think. Yeah, he uh, became the head coach in 1964. Uh, won the NIT championship in 1970. Was in the Final Four in '74 against North Carolina State. Uh, it says here McGuire became the first coach ejected from a championship game. Is that right? I don't remember that, but I guess that was against David Thompson and those guys. Uh, Hank Raymond's, you mentioned him. Uh, and Rick Majerus was on his staff. Yeah, that's right. For a lot of years. So, um, yeah, that uh, had, some, had some great runs uh, there at, uh, at uh, Marquette. And then, of course, as you mentioned, with Dick Enberg on TV, he and Billy Packer, that was uh, quite a threesome. But um, anyway, it's uh, – you remember any of those games? Dion's game in '93, '92. I don't have a real strong. Yeah. If, uh, we can ask Dion when he comes on with us, but he'll have to tell me what happened because I don't really remember <laughs> the details of it. Yeah. Well, it's Illinois and Marquette. I expect uh, since we're so close, fairly close to Chicago, Lauren, we'd we'd have some Illini fans up here. I assume for this yeah. game. Yeah, I would think so. I would think that as time goes by here in this season, you're going to see a. Tremendous uh, groundswell of Illinois uh, fans. Uh, that we saw that when Illinois has a good team, they come from everywhere. And there are a lot of Illinois fans, and we saw that in 2005. And and uh, I think they've just been waiting for something like this. And we would have seen it last year had that uh, had had we been able to have attendance at those games, which we didn't. So anyway, Illinois and Marquette tonight. We'll talk some more about it with uh, Dion. Get his thoughts uh, after the news at 10. Uh, 921 uh, here currently. College football over the weekend. Uh, Ohio State cooled off Purdue. I don't know if that was much of a surprise, but they did handle them. Uh, Rutgers blew out Indiana. Uh, Iowa beat Minnesota in the battle for the uh, pig, the Floyd of Rosedale. And Wisconsin now seems to be in the driver's seat, Lauren, for the West. Well, they're playing better than anybody else. And, you know, uh, they, they had 12 tackles behind the line against Northwestern and four interceptions. So that 35-7 game, plus the fact Mertz, I think, completed about nearly 80% of his passes, not quite, but I mean, he was very sharp, and uh, I'm, not, I, I'm not sure where Northwestern is right now. They, you know, they look eminently beatable, although they played Iowa within a touchdown the week before. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying that uh, the, game, the final game for Illinois will be easy, but it's certainly a game that Illinois can win uh, when we have that f- final at home. The thing that I that I took from the close games, like the Michigan Penn State game and and a couple of the others, is is that particularly the Iowa Minnesota game, is the ability to get touchdowns as opposed to field goals in the red zone. Brian, that is so critical. Uh, Penn State was down there inside the, uh, you know, inside the thirty six times against Michigan, and got one touchdown. Yeah. That's just the way, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, they gave, they just, uh, they couldn't score when they got down there. And, and, you know, sometimes that's, that's just one play, just one key play. If you can pull it off. And I thought in Michigan and coming back to win that game, I don't know if you saw the cha- the winning play, a 47 yard pass, but it was a pick play in which, a, uh, one of the receivers just spun the defender completely around, freed the tight end, Eric Hill for a, for a catch coming across, and he ran 47 yards to win the game for Michigan. That's a big win for Michigan. I mean, they've they've been having all kinds of troubles, and not not all kinds of troubles. They lost to Michigan State, and uh, this puts them in position to to be able to finish it. And they still could win the whole thing. And uh, Iowa, the opponent on uh, Saturday, um, defensively, they only give up 16 points a game. Yeah. 
Offensively, they only score about 25, 24-25. <laughs> well, the, uh, the Gophers outrushed them, uh, Brian, yeah. and the Gophers outplayed them in a lot of that game. But again, they had to settle for field goals. And um, that, that kept Iowa in the ball game. It's, it's so, a, little like, a little like the Michigan-Penn State game. Iowa coming out on top by, by being strong around the goal line. So what do you make of the Illinois game with Iowa Saturday? What do you think? I think it's a defensive battle, and, and I've come to believe, uh, after having a different feeling about Iowa much earlier, that this is more like a toss-up game. Now, I, I know that Iowa will be favored by several points, but, I, but I'm just saying I think Illinois can play with them. I think defensively Illinois can hang with them. Uh, I, whichever team can complete some passes, I would think, might win that game. Yeah, I was trying to think if this game will be like the – Penn State game or the Minnesota game. I mean, as far as how it plays out. Well, you, you hope know, so. <laughs> low scoring and a you know, yeah. No, I think it, a... I think it'll be low scoring. I I don't see Iowa as a big uh, scoring offense, but uh, you know they're just good enough to beat you. That's that's what they are, and uh, they've had a couple setbacks, but uh, they still have a chance to have a tremendous season. And you know, uh, we'd take a two loss season, wouldn't we? <laughs> and oh, that's yes. what that's what I was <laughs> angling for now. Absolutely. Uh, uh, their quarterback situation is a little bit shaky. Uh, I don't know if uh, if their starter will be back, or if they'll or, or if uh, they'll go with the, the 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 quarterback who played against you know uh, played against Minnesota on Saturday. Padilla. Yeah, Padilla played, and uh, I, was the other quarterback's name Petrus? Is it? Yeah, Petrus. Yeah, Petrus. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I just don't know which way they'll go there. They uh, but but they both should be healthy as of Saturday. Well, and uh, it's just fun to be, uh, you know, talking uh, Illinois football and an opportunity to, you know, these last two games in November. And uh, Brett Bielema's talked about that quite a bit. It's in his DNA. He he wants to win November football games. You bet. That, that's and have a time it be meaningful. Where, that's that's a time where physicality means everything. By the way, a game you didn't mention: uh, Rutgers, which beat Illinois, hammered Indiana. 38 to 3. Indiana had six turnovers. This is an Indiana team that in which the fans were very upset uh, when the season opened because they weren't ranked higher in the top 10. Hmm. What happened to Indiana? Yeah, I don't know. They uh-huh. didn't look very good. I mean, Rutgers just took over the game quick. Yeah. I mean, it was over fast. But six turnovers will kill you too. You can't can't, can't you can't come back with six turnovers. Yeah. That's that's yeah. the thing that that uh, Illinois has been if you analyze the penalties and turnovers and fumbles and interceptions, Illinois has done well in those categories this year, Brian. Not perfect, but they've had a good year overall. Illinois with two games left. The bye weeks are over. It'll be uh, Iowa at Iowa coming up on Saturday. So we've got football on Saturday at 1. We've got two games in Kansas City next week, Monday, Tuesday. A basketball game a week from Friday after Thanksgiving and then the Northwestern game on that Saturday. So a lot of Illini action, Illini women, Illini volleyball all playing this weekend. we got the state playoffs to talk about. We'll get into that as we go along here today as well with Lauren Tate. Got a text here. says there was nothing old about the Bradley Center. It was a great venue. Total waste of money to build the Fiserv Forum. Um, I don't know about that. I was never in the Bradley Center. But uh, you, I know Brad, uh, Bob Osmussen referred to it as dumpy. But I don't know <laughs> what that <laughs> He was seemed to be more familiar with it than I was. But uh, they did build a new one. And from what I understand, the backstory was that the Bucks were threatening to leave town if they didn't get a new arena because mm-hmm. the Bradley Center had become one of the oldest in the, in the NBA. So 
It's uh, all a matter of uh, keeping up with everybody else, as it turns out. All right, another break here. Some news headlines coming up. Uh, Lauren will continue with me here up, up until 11. Tomorrow, by the way, in the 10 o'clock hour, after an open line at 9, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jill Henry will join me. We'll talk about an honor flight that an all-female veteran um, group went with to Washington, D.C. here recently back in October. And uh, we were hoping to get her on before Veterans Day or on Veterans Day, but it didn't work out. Timing-wise, she had some other appearances to make, but we'll have her tomorrow with us in the 10 o'clock hour and have a couple of veterans that were on that honor flight to Washington, D.C., and um, I think one from Tolono and one from Bloomington. So we'll talk to them as well tomorrow. And Jim Dye joins me on Wednesday. A break. The news headlines coming up here in just a little bit. But first, this time out here on Penny Fear Thought. on a penny for your thoughts. Good to have you with us. I'm in Milwaukee with the uh, basketball team heading out as we speak. Uh, They're loading the buses to go out to the uh, Fiserv Forum. They'll have their shoot-around this morning. We'll talk to Brad Underwood a little later uh, today, get the pregame interview in and uh, find out what he's feeling. I know he spoke to the media yesterday a bit about the uh, Marquette Golden Eagles, the opponent tonight. Both teams 2-0, and and we'll have it for you with our Tip at 6 o'clock and our game day coverage with Scott Beatty and crew starting at 4. And, of course, the postgame show after everything is done. Part of the Gavit games between the Big Ten and the Big East. By the way, I checked it out, Lauren. I don't, I don't know if you, if you remember what the uh, renovation of the State Farm Center cost. Hmm. Uh, I don't remember what it was. But I checked the Bradley Center, where Marquette used to play, opened in 1988. The construction cost was $91 million. <laughs> okay, in 1988. The new Pfizer Forum opened in 2018. Construction cost $524 million. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Isn't that crazy? Half a billion. <laughs> Half a billion dollars. So, for a, so hear for a gym. Hear, <laughs> place to play basketball. That's right. Yeah, I hear it's nice. I, I guess it will be. So uh, anyway, I just thought I'd uh, pass those numbers along. But uh, that's uh, quite a difference there in 30-plus years between uh, building one building and building another uh, as far as basketball goes. All right, uh, 932, our news headlines here brought to you by First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since 1865. Visit firstmid.com to find out more. We'll continue our visit with Lauren Tate to Dion Thomas a little after the Top of the hour, get his thoughts if he has any memories of when he played Marquette a couple of times. All of that straight ahead on a penny for your thoughts on a Monday here, the Monday Morning Quarterback Show. Let's go to the news headlines. Back on a penny for your thoughts, I'm in Milwaukee, Illini Basketball. Getting ready to take on Marquette tonight at 6. All of our game day coverage coming your way at 4 as we get ready for the Illini and the Golden Eagles. First meeting since 1993. And Illinois has played uh, the Eagles 14 times. They've won 9 of the 14. A lot of those wins were early when they first met uh, back several years ago. Uh, I think the Whiz Kids were in a couple of games with them, Lauren, at yeah, one I, point. I read that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, 1941, December 9th, 1941. That's, what, two days after... Uh, Pearl Harbor. Yeah, it was interesting. Minky was the leading scorer in that game, and five years later, when he's back from service, Minky was the leading scorer against Marquette. <laughs> Ken Minky. Isn't that wild? Yeah. yeah. So uh, 
1940 was the first meeting, uh, 41, 46, 48. Um, Jack Burmaster had 16 in that game, uh, season opener in 1950. They started the season, Lauren, in 1950 on December 4th. How about that? Yeah. And uh, the Illini raced past them at Huff Gym. So there's been some great meetings. Uh, 1957, Illinois outscored them 190, despite no player standing taller than 6 feet 5. Uh, Marquette in 1958 was 23-6, and six, beat Illinois 69-53. And um, anyway, those are some of the names and players from the past. Illinois and Marquette coming up tonight at 6. One other college football game of note, Kansas. Oh, boy. Win, wins at Texas. How about that? 57-56. Well, they went for two. Yeah. In the overtime. They didn't have to, but they did. They went for two and won the game with it, with a pass. By the way, it was a tough pass. The quarterback had to run way out to his right, and he threw back over the middle, and the receiver made a good catch right on the goal line. And the kid that caught it, there's a great, uh, a lot of Twitter things out there. A kid, a young man who had not taken an offensive snap this year. He was a (laughs) walk-on. Hadn't caught a ball. Hadn't caught a ball all year, and he caught the two-point conversion. And uh, there's a great video of his parents who were in the stands who weren't sure it was him or not that actually caught it. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's a great story. It so, really uh, is. It reminds me, and here, I, you know, I shouldn't even bring this up, but your memory will be better than mine. Once upon a time, Illinois beat Ohio State with a late pass by Johnny Johnson. I can't remember the receiver's name, but he never caught another ball. <laughs> Who right. was that? Who was yeah, that? Yeah, and you're testing my memory now. Yeah, Somebody's going to – was it Klein? Yes. Uh, is that it? Am I yeah. throwing that out right? You got yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that funny? But, uh, yeah, Lance Leopold uh, went for two. He had no hesitation. Oh, he's done um, a job there, hasn't he? To win a game like that. And at the same time, Baylor just whooped Oklahoma. I actually watched that game. I started to watch Wisconsin Northwestern, and it was just a route. So I switched over to Baylor, and, boy, they they handed Oklahoma their first defeat, which is a big deal for Cincinnati because Cincinnati's trying to get in that top four, and they need some teams to lose ahead of them. And uh, Oklahoma wasn't actually – I don't think they were headed for the, the final four anyway, but they were undefeated up to that point. Yeah, they had had trouble with Kansas as well mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year. Yeah. Had to rally from behind uh, up in Lawrence. And now Illinois had their struggles over the last decade, but they haven't been Kansas uh, the last few years. Kansas had not won a Big 12 road game since 2008. It was 56 in a row on the road in the conference. <laughs> they had lost. 56. I heard that number and I couldn't believe it. Yeah, 56 in a row conference road games they had lost. Uh, since 2008, and there were some stats on it. George W. Bush was still president. Uh, they've gone through several coaches along the way since then, and Leopold, of course, the guy from Buffalo that came in. But they've gone through. Uh, Mark Mangino was Kansas's coach for that 08 victory over Iowa State, the last time they won on the road in the conference. Well, they've you had know. Turner, Turner Gill, Charlie Weiss, David Beatty, Les Miles, and Leopold. Well, you know, Lipo was was the college coach that I think Illinois would have hired if they hadn't been able to get uh, uh, Bielma. I think that uh, he was a guy that we were, we were all suspecting that that was where we because we knew he was going to leave Buffalo, and uh, Illinois just uh, decided on Bielma, which was a really good decision. But Lipo's doing a good job too. Yeah, he really is. He was on that list. Munkin, you mentioned, was mm-hmm. one uh, Army. There were That's others. Right. I remember seeing the. The articles when everybody was guessing as to mm-hmm. who and 
and uh, Josh Whitman went right to Bielema, and <laughs> that was it. So, uh, and here he is, and uh, and doing a good job. So, uh, caller mentioned uh, the mention the music was too loud at the State Farm Center. I know. On Friday, tell me about it. You say it was? Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought so. Well, I I was trying to do a pregame show too, uh, Brian, as you know, and. When that music is so loud, without even the game going on, or without anybody out there, but they just somebody just has to have that music tuned up as high as they can, and it makes it really difficult when you're trying to work with headsets. Mm-hmm. And they say the pep band barely got to play. Hmm. I don't know. I, I heard the band quite a bit coming in and out of things, but I don't know um, <laughs> if anybody else has any thoughts on that but yeah they, it has been loud and that but that's not they're not the only arena to do that i mean i've been in a lot of arenas it uh, seems to be louder oh yeah it's, it's everywhere Either that or i'm just yeah, getting older i don't it's know it's normal yeah all right 217-356-9397 we got a basketball game tonight if you want to talk about that dion will join us here in a little bit just after the uh, top of the hour doug's going to be uh, with us tonight as well at least uh uh, in the building, and uh, he got a press pass to get in, so we'll um, we'll have him join us for a little bit too tonight. So uh, have a dynamic duo there with with uh, Dion and with uh, Doug. Well, you know, I'm broadcast I, tonight. I, I'm just going to throw some numbers out at you because I think these this is we won't be going back to this uh, Arkansas State game very often. But Coleman Hawkins in that game, if you look at the numbers, I don't know when we've had numbers across the board like these. First of all. He had four assists and four blocks, which is, which is good. But he had 17 points. Ten, he drew 10 fouls against the opposition. He had six offensive rebounds, and, and including 12 rebounds altogether. And as I said, 17 points on five of seven shooting from the field, and he shot 13 free throws. He only made seven, but the, the numbers there, are, that's an extremely... And he only played 27 out of the 40 minutes. I, I, I think those are just astounding. I, we've got to take a new look at this guy. I mean, he's, he may be a little better than we, than we anticipated. I, I, I think when we went into the season, we're wondering who the four is going to be. And I think I can tell you now, Brian. <laughs> I think you're right. I think that question's been answered. We've been looking for, as Illinois fans, we've been looking for a four like that yeah. for a while, right? I, I think mean, so. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I mean he's... You know, uh, much of the time last year uh, we had Basanichvili, and he didn't. He just wasn't a good fit at that position. He was a natural center, and uh, he, of course, uh, when Kofi came along, he had to move. And uh, I, ju- I just thought that, uh, you know, I, I think it, we, that position has turned from a weakness into a, a, a clear strength. And once he, once with Kofi back, I, I know his numbers won't be as big when Kofi gets back because Kofi's going to take some of those numbers away from him, but. When you put those two guys together with Grandison, I think you've got something pretty good there. And Grandison's been pretty good too. So you know he had yeah, he's fi- been quietly he's been quietly very steady. Well, he had 15 I mean, points in this game and 20 points in the game before, didn't he? Yes. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's 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 good production. So and and then when you throw uh, when you have Corbello and and, and uh, Frazier at the guards, you got an awful good lineup there, I think. And Bosman's Verdunk is making a run to play, by the way. He uh, he had uh, 12 minutes in this game, and uh, Payne only had seven. And Payne, I think Payne and Bosman, I think that's pretty close right now. I don't know which way the coach is going to lean for the backup man behind Kofi, which is what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be interesting because 
you know, I'm sure they haven't practiced, but we haven't seen on the court in a game. Of course, Hawkins didn't play a lot of minutes last year. He was in and out all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, how many see him together with Kofi on the floor at the same time? We haven't really seen. That's right. You know, in a game. But so. but what what very often happens is that a, a freshman, a young freshman, will just need that year, you know, to develop, and and he's made that big step from freshman to sophomore year. It's awful hard to make the step from high school to freshman, but the 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 step from freshman to sophomore often happens. They get in the weight training, they get better food, they get you know, they just know they know what to work on, they get better coaching, and 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 that's what we're seeing in in the case of of. Uh, Coleman Hawkins, so far at least. Brad Underwood mentioned this as we visit with Lauren Tate here on the Monday Morning Quarterback Show. Uh, that stretch that Coleman Hawkins had in the first half where he blocking a shot and he was had an assist and he's yep. scoring and rebounding and a put that was a breathtaking couple of minutes. He really was. I mean, well, it's, I, it's, I think he's changed the whole look of the Illinois team for me. Now we'll see, how he, we'll see how he works when he gets out there with Kofi. That's right. That'll be the uh, that'll be the question. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. I think Dana's on the line with us. Dana, how are you? Hi. Good morning. <clears throat> I'll uh, reinforce what was said about the sound. It was it was like they're trying to see if they could make the assembly hall concrete crumble. <laughs> I mean, it was it was. There's no reason to have it that loud. Absolutely no reason at all. They could have cut it down by a quarter. And it still would have been loud. I don't. Uh, I just don't understand why they think they need to have it vibratingly loud. Hmm. They they supposedly everybody's concerned about our health with the masks and everything, but they're sure not concerned about our ears. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> a good point for your ears, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and and on the basketball side of it, um, I, pain. He fouled out, right? Yes, he did. And so many of his fouls were junior high. Well, you know, you don't un- cut unnecessary. Off at the base. Yeah, they were unnecessary. They were completely unnecessary for a, a college at this level player. You don't cut people off at the baseline. You try to bump them out of bounds. And I mean, some of his other fouls were just, you know, in that game, it didn't play into it. But boy, there are going to be games that it will. Yeah. Uh, yeah Bosman's Verdunk had four fouls as well. They had nine fouls at the center position. Between them. Yeah. Yeah, between them. And uh, some of them are just uh, just not using their heads. And that's really with a total of 19 minutes for the two of them. They had nine right. fouls in 19 minutes. <laughs> right. Oh, right. Um, and then the free throw shooting, too, was – you know, I I know Lauren's always said it's a free throw. <laughs> There's nobody guarding you. <laughs> but anyway, those yep. were my comments about it. it. They were obviously very exciting to watch because uh, that pass Curbelo made behind over his head is <laughs> a good you know, one. When he was triple teamed, it was a good one. It was fun to watch. <laughs> okay, that's it. Thank thank you, Dana. Uh-huh. Bye. Appreciate you calling in. By the way, they have those thunder sticks too, I think, or something that they're beating on uh, with the Orange Crush. I think those are adding to the noise level as well. I was just thinking about that. Well, I uh, I, I was uh, sitting in the, too close to the Monticello crowd for the Monticello Unity game, and 
that was that was driving me crazy. Jim Dye and I were sitting there. We couldn't hear anything. They had cowbells going. But worse yet, they kicked their feet against the the, uh, the seats, and it just makes a ringing noise, and everybody does it. And when the other team's got you can't hear anything when the other team has the football. Well, I say good for them. I mean, they're enthusiastic about it, but next time I'll set somewhere else. <laughs> 9.50 at DWS, a quick break. We've got Dave Leak, his eye on the sky, and a uh, couple of commercials. And back at it here from Milwaukee. We'll be in Kansas City a week from today. We'll do a couple of shows there next Monday and Tuesday. Lauren is with us here, as always, on a Monday morning quarterback show. Dion Thomas after the news at 10. But first, this timeout. Back on a penny for your thoughts. Blake Landa, our producer today. Good to have you with us. Lauren Tate is with us as well up until 11 o'clock. Lieutenant Colonel Jill Henry tomorrow on the honor flight, all-female veteran group that went to Washington, D.C. A couple of the women that were on that flight will join us as well tomorrow in the 10 o'clock hour. Jim Dye in the 10 o'clock hour on Wednesday, of course, monitoring the uh, trial, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse uh, trial up in Kenosha, which is not far from here, of course, just south of Milwaukee. Uh, So that is ongoing. And also the president due to sign a big infrastructure bill I believe, today as well. So those are some of the stories CBS will be covering here at the top of the hour. We're talking Illini sports today. By the way, Jimmy Klein was who caught that ball, uh, and it was against Michigan. Oh, it wasn't Ohio State. Yeah, it, was it was Michigan. Michigan yeah, somebody pointed Sorry. that out. Wow. That's all right. Uh, his grab of a Johnny Johnson rocket on fourth and 15 with less than a minute to go at Michigan Stadium. Yeah. Stunned the 13th ranked Wolverines in 1993. It was Illinois' first win in Ann Arbor since 1966. Well, I'm glad you straightened that out because I had about a half a memory of it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it says Klein, uh, he says if you ask him to recall the moment, he can rehash it down to the color of his socks. <laughs> Not that he really had to depend on his memory. He's seen the replay hundreds of times. said when Johnson was flushed out of the pocket, I was kind of crammed into the corner of the end zone. All I really did was loop around the defense, and as soon as I did that, Johnny and I made eye contact. Caught a lot of passes at the U of I, but that one took the longest. Mm. I could see the stitching on the football. And uh, so anyway, that was uh, the Jimmy Klein um, question there. So, And uh, a texture says, I love the noise level in the music at the State Farm Center. Makes for a great atmosphere. Oh, so, great. Okay. There you go. Somebody uh, counters the other way, and <laughs> that's why we're here. Uh, Dennis has a quick question for us. Dennis, how are you? I'm fine. How are you guys this morning? Good. Doing well. Always always love your show. like to listen to you and Lauren. And, uh, Lauren, i got a quest- couple questions for you. My friends and I have been debating this. and One is the red shirt ruling. You know, in football, you can play four games and then still red shirt. Mm-hmm. In, in basketball, I know we're so deep. I personally think Podinsky would benefit by redshirting. Now, he's played. Too late. So, well, okay, that's what he's wondering. It always used to be that way, but for some reason we were thinking the rules changed. And we, just, we didn't know whether you could play a couple games in basketball. And, but, but so it's, it's If he is injured game. in the first uh, third of the season, or 30%, that is, uh, then he could redshirt. He, he, in other words, you can medically redshirt. In the first 30, uh, uh, 30% of the season. But if he's not hurt, no, he can't redshirt. Okay. That explains my next question. We, both, we all love Verdunk. I've been in his corner for years. 
and we've lost track. He's been around, it seems like, forever. He's a freshman. I know. Uh, with this, with the NCAA giving everybody that extra year, after this year, how many years of eligibility does he actually have left? He'd, he'd have to, to he'd have to uh, appeal it. But uh, Brian, I think he'd have three more years. He I has no so. years yet. <laughs> okay, I, I thought he has at least three after this year. I think he does. So, I yeah, think he does. Think now, but I don't know. Years figured in I don't there, know yeah. that those things are automatic, and I know, that, and there well, might be some aspect to it that I'm not aware of, but. Basically, I think he could appeal, and uh, you know, here uh, we're looking at Coleman Lands. By the way, Coleman Lands went, went four for four in his last game for Kansas, and this is his seventh year. I was going to say about year ten for him, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he go, he goes on Social Security next year. <laughs> well, I know that uh, Verdunk graduates as a student in May, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, he may have three more years, but, you know, you wonder then, will, will he even want to stick around that long, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I, you just, mm-hmm. but, but thanks for answering the question. Yeah. Have All a, right. Have a good day. Thank, mm-hmm. thank you, Dennis. All right, appreciate it. Right. And we have uh, have a great day. We've got basketball tonight. We've got the weather coming up here in a moment. From AccuWeather, then CBS News. More on the trial. News from Washington, I think, on Steve Bannon. That's coming up here in just a little bit. And Lauren and I will return. We'll talk to our friend Dion Thomas for a few minutes after the news at 10 on uh, News Talk 1400 and uh, 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. You can join in on the phone via text or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at wdws.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. And good morning again. Welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts here just after 10 o'clock as we join you from Milwaukee. We're in downtown Milwaukee. Basketball team is currently, as we speak, over at the shoot-around at the $564 million Pfizer Forum in Milwaukee, the home of the Milwaukee Bucks. Game tonight at 6. Our game day coverage comes your way at 4 with Scott Beatty and company. Uh, By the way, Lauren, I looked up the original cost of the assembly hall was uh, $8 million. That's right. Okay. <laughs> now, I've heard two different numbers. Somebody texted in and said the renovation of the State Farm Center was $128 million. Uh, another source I've got here says it was $169 million. But uh, regardless, that's... Uh, it's a lot more money. Than... <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot more money than I $8 I think million. what we have here is inflation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is for sure. But it's interesting on the cost. And so... Anyway, and then a couple of the other um, Illinois-Marquette matchups. Uh, December 1979, in Champaign, Illinois lost 80-78. to Sam Worthen of Marquette had 27. He was a good player. Uh, Mark Smith had 31 in the loss in December of 79. And then in Milwaukee, a year later, December of 1980, Illinois won 69-68, behind 18 points from Eddie Johnson and 18 from Derek Harper. And then the two games in 92 and 93, uh, the Illini lost 61-58 in Champaign and 74-65 in Milwaukee. 
And uh, Dion Thomas, our good friend, broadcaster, was in those games. Dion, how are you? Explain yourself, Dion. <laughs> Lori, Lori, you, you you beat me to her, my friend. I was going to ask Brian, why you got to bring up the two losses to McIlwain? Come on now, <laughs> gentlemen. How you do? How you doing this morning? <laughs> Great, good, good, good to have you on, Dion. And I know you're making your way up to Milwaukee here as we go. And uh, how 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 is that drive? Is that a pretty easy drive? It is. It's about, I say, about an hour and forty minutes, hour and fifty minutes. So it's it's a pretty easy drive, especially as long as the weather holds up, which is supposed to today. Yeah. Well, in those games, you had fifteen points, eight rebounds, and three assists in '92, and then you had fourteen points, eight rebounds, and two assists. So anything stand out about those games other than we lost? But uh, you remember? <laughs> <laughs> two subpar games for me, man. I mean, there you go. I didn't do my job well enough to win those games. But, you know, anytime you go and you play against Marquette, I mean, Marquette's a, a historically a good program. I mean, if you go way back in the day when um, Al McGuire is the coach and you move forward, they've had some really good coaches and they have a really good one now and Chaka Smart. So always been some very good basketball played up there, very good recruiting area. Of course, we all know Milwaukee in that Wisconsin area. Um, but not nothing particularly stands out um, in that game, except for, like I mentioned, playing against McElwain, who was so much taller than I have, had played several years in the NBA. Can't remember who else was on that team. Um, you know, I guess that's what happens when you hit the age of 50. You start to get in games when you played in when you were 22 and 23. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, hey, Dion. When you get to be ninety, you get Ohio State mixed up with Michigan. <laughs> hey, it happens. <laughs> LC, I, I, I want as long as I get to ninety, I want to see how that feels. <laughs> I have to talk to you, big guy. <laughs> well, I want. Dion, what do you? What, go ahead, Lauren. Well, go I'm going to I'm going to switch him over to the to the current team because I want to know how you feel about Payne versus Bosman's Verdunk right now. Is that they'll be competing for uh, for playing time again tonight as they as they switch off at that center position and which one do you think's ahead which one do you see as the ultimate backup for Kofi I, I love that answer that question because I think it's a great question I think it's one that we really have to uh, I'm glad we're on the mic and not in uh, the locker rooms or on the court um, we knew when when Benjamin um, Bosman for dunk came in we knew that he had a skill level. Uh, that fit a lot of what Brad wants to do. Um, and now that he's added the extra weight, the extra muscle, he's playing with a high level of energy. And right now, you can see that uh, Payne is finding his way. Um, I, I think and, and this is, you know, I, I guess it is kind of a knock on Florida. When you have someone with his athletic ability and his explosiveness, they should have developed him more. And so it's, I think, if, again, to answer your question and be flat-out honest, right now I think Verdunk is the guy that you have to look at because of the skill level, because he understands Coach Underwood's system, he understands what he wants. I think he is more comfortable right now in what his role is. And eventually, as um, Omar continues to get better, continues to grow, continues to learn, continues to get stronger, working with Fletch, um, then I think he may, because of his athleticism, be able to slide in there. But right now, 
it, it, it's definitely Bisman Bosman for Dunk. Do you see uh, at all uh, Coleman Hawkins moving over there on in, in let's say in in periods where he's maybe locked up against a second uh, center for the other team or maybe somebody that's not overwhelmingly tall? Well, you know, I think Illinois does a great job of playing such good team defense that it, it really wouldn't matter. I mean, you, of who they have on, you can slide him in there at, at any time. Um, but I think he would be a matchup nightmare offensively for the other team. Uh, if they put a bigger, slower guy on him, he has the ability to go right by him. If they put a smaller, um, what they would consider more agile guy on him now, he, he's able to rebound on him. He's able to get in there and post up and shoot over him. So that, that's going to be a matchup for anyone, any team that we play, a difficult matchup for them because of what he brings to the table. But I think the way Illinois help defense is, especially if you look at that last game, how they just totally shut down a really um, good, you know, the, the Jacksonville team on up. And they really, on a on a defensive side, is playing really well. So I think you can slide him in, slide him in at any time, and I don't think you're going to be missing a whole lot. Deion Thomas is with us. He'll be with me tonight for the radio broadcast up here in Milwaukee at the Pfizer Forum, Illinois and Marquette tonight at 6. Uh, one texter here, Dion, says Kofi and Curbella will get the headlines, but Hawkins could turn out to be a true X factor. He could really be a problem for opposing teams, a matchup nightmare in the making. Uh, I, I agree with that. And you're, I want to get your thoughts on the teams Illinois is contending with, probably, Purdue and Michigan. How can he make a difference there with some of those guys? Well, I think he still does. I mean, you know, you have um... – Johns, who's up in, in Michigan playing the four right now, you know, some of that kind of Coleman Hawkins type um, ability. He doesn't put the ball on the floor as well as Coleman, uh, but he does shoot the ball well. He, he's that X Factor guy, I think, for them. Uh, so I think we have that. We actually, even though Johns is older, I think we have the, the head to head matchup in that one because I think Coleman's skill level all around. And the energy that he plays with uh, puts us in a better situation than than probably what he does over there at Michigan. But that Michigan team is really good, so I'm not going to take anything away from them. And, and until you lace up the shoes and you step on the court, you you never know. And as far as Purdue, I mean, they're <laughs> first of all, this guy is a matchup a matchup nightmare for anyone. Um, he's not going to play the, the a, a power five. He's going to pull you outside if he's playing a five. And if we look at either of the centers for Purdue, whether it's Edie or um, Williams, I mean, why, how am I forgetting it? Williams. Travion. Neither yeah. one of them, yeah, Travion Williams. Neither one of them would be able to defend him on the perimeter. But again, with Illinois' help defense as well as they've done, sliding into position, taking charges, really done a great job boxing out. You know, so if you put any of their fours, their fours are smaller um, than he is uh, from a height standpoint. So you you have to make you know you got to pick your poison. Do you want to try to beat them up and go against a half court Illinois defense, or do you want to try to uh, match him and his skill level and speed, which will be a tough thing for either of those teams to do, but definitely for a Purdue team. Uh, in my opinion, right now, Dion, uh, I think that uh, Darren Marcel is is a a real outstanding player. He's six foot five. Is this too tall 
for Fraser to tackle, or, or would they want to throw Williams or somebody like that on him? Or how do you see them defending Morsell? Well, Morsell, I mean, we all have gotten a taste of this kid from all his time at, um, at Maryland. And now it seems like Shaka has given him more um, freedom to play than he had when he was there. So, yeah, very tough player. Uh, as long as Trent can keep him on the perimeter, I feel it's great we have an advantage there. Our disadvantage comes in as if Morsell is rebounding the basketball or if they try to go to some area where they post him up. I haven't seen that in his game. I haven't seen it. You know, I just watched uh, Marquette play the other day, and I haven't seen it, you know, in their style of play. So I don't think that's something that they would do. Um, but he is a bigger player, and if that tends to be a problem, now we may have to go to uh, DeMonte or we may have to go and put um, Grandison on him and try to, try to switch things up in our lineup. But if, if we are able to keep him on the perimeter, then I think we're fine. It's just a matter of if that size gets to be a little – bit too much for Trent, but that's the beauty of this Illinois team because we can slide and shift some things around to be able to defend and put Trent on someone else, or we can also be able to, you know, just match sizes or play big. Deion Thomas is with us. If you have any comments or questions, he'll be with us here for a few more minutes as we talk about Illinois and Marquette, 15th ever meeting between these uh, two great Midwestern schools. Uh, Texter says, does Dion know if Marquette will try to play zone against us? Our three-point shooting has been rather poor so far. I, th- I think that's a great answer. Um, I- I'm sorry, Elsie, you want to go ahead? Well, I just think that'd be a big risk because I think Illinois is about ready to bust out shooting. They're too good a shooting team not to shoot well. You, uh, even good shooting teams have off nights, and they've started slowly, but I see this as a, an, an excellent shooting three-point team, and I think – Coleman Hawkins can make them. I think that, uh, you know, obviously the guards can shoot the three, and we know what Williams did last year. I mean, I, I think they'll come around in the three, and if, I don't think a, a zone is going to be a bit of a problem for us. Uh, and, and I would agree with you 100%. Uh, I've, I've never seen a shocker smart team play a lot of zone defense, so I'm not expecting that. But it wouldn't surprise me if they did. Uh, but, it, but we don't have Kofi in there. If we had, had if we had Kofi in the middle, then I would say yeah, they're probably going to try to play some zone to take away uh, any post play for Kofi. But since Kofi isn't playing tonight, I'm don't I'm not expecting any zone defense because there's really no reason for him to do it because it puts them at a disadvantage as far as rebounding and with our ball movement and as you mentioned, Lauren, with the ability to be able to shoot the three ball, I, I think that would be a, a bad idea on on Shaka's um, point and. I've never seen this guy as many times, as long as I've been watching him coach, make too many bad ideas. So I'm not expecting a zone. I'm expecting some really hard pressure on man-to-man. And, you know, we're just going to have to be aggressive and attack them and then continue to move the ball the way we have been. Mm-hmm. Deion Thomas is with us for a few more minutes. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Text line is two one seven three five one five three five seven. I know when you play a team like Jackson State or Arkansas State and you look good, whether as a player or a team, it's easy to get you know kind of sucked into, boy, that we're going to be really, really good. And I think there are high expectations. Everybody knows that. But I'm thinking about specifically about Coleman Hawkins. There was a dominant stretch there for a minute or two where he was easily the best player on the floor, where he dominated in every fashion. Can he continue to do that? Are you seeing 
more of this from him going forward, not just against wow. weaker teams? Well, I, I think there's one thing that the first thing that you look at is effort. And the energy that he is playing with right now, um, you know, he's playing with like Trent Frazier type energy. And, and if he can continue to play like that at that level with that uh, quickness and, and, and just nonstop motor, then yes, no doubt in my mind. And, and I say that because, you know, he has the skill to be able to do all of those other things. But now you add playing hard. You know, I give you guys a go back in my day when I was playing. Remember Chris Street, which I'm sure you guys do? Yeah. Chris played. I, I hated playing against Chris Street. I would have rather have dealt with Mike Poplowski, A.C. Earl, or any of those bigger, more plodding guys than to play against somebody like him because he just played hard all the time. It was constant moving. It never stopped. And this is where um, – this is where it's been a benefit for Coleman because Coleman's just constantly moving, constantly active, and that keeps him, you know, with the ability to rebound the ball the way he's doing, and it keeps, you know, keeping balls alive. I mean, he's done a great job on the defensive end as well with weak sides, of shot blocks, and taking charges actually. But you're right, Brian. You mentioned that that stint when in that Jackson State game. I think there is even more even more in him that he's going to be able to do as he continues to get more and more comfortable. Uh, let me ask you this too, Dion. about uh, and you played the game. Uh, when you go on the road for the first time in college, and they're going to be, I'm guessing, there'll be a lot of orange in Milwaukee tonight too, but uh, what's it like as a team when you go on the road for the first time in a season? Well, for for new guys, it's always going to be a little nerve-wracking because you simply just don't know what to expect. You know, and now we're going on the road with some of these guys for the first time playing in front of a crowd. So you, you, you get those nervous, anticipatory jitters in your stomach and you're ready to go. But this is one thing I think we've all realized that Coach Underwood uh, does really well by instilling this everyday guy mentality is that it says, hey, okay, this is the same thing we did yesterday. We're just in a different gym. And that will help ease a little bit of the tension. Um, but I am expecting a little bit of high energy, maybe a few mistakes in the beginning. Uh, but then I expect that to calm down fairly quickly. Well, I, uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, Underwood tried to, what I would call, control the minutes of the guards who are coming back for their first game, Corbello and Fraser, I, I don't think that'll be much of a concern tonight. I would, I, I mentioned much earlier on the show that uh, that Corbello only played 19 minutes in this game uh, against Arkansas State, so that that'll be uh, that will be less of a concern. I think substitution in generally was was on his mind for those first two games. I don't think substitutions. Will be as important, and obviously he will relieve guys that need it. But I think he'll try to keep his regulars in there as much as possible. This is a game that could throw, you know, could throw Illinois way down. If they lost, they'd they'd be way down on the on the uh, top twenty-five list. Uh, even though people understand they don't have Kofi, I think they would fall pretty sharply. So I I think I think he'll, he'll be all out. Uh, to win the game will be the most important thing as opposed to getting freshmen in or whatever, uh, as might have been the consideration in the past. Um, 
I, I don't know. Okay, it's one of this tackle the if we'll slide pretty far. I, I don't know how far we'll slide. I mean, if we had lost to a Jackson State, then I could I would expect a huge slide. But this is a shock, a smart coach team. He has a lot of respect nationally. Um, so I don't think we'd slide that far. Would we slide? Yeah, definitely. I mean, but I couldn't see it, you know, more than five five spots. I mean, and, and that's putting us still firmly in the top 25. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. I, I agree with you on the ma- the minutes managed in the last game. But, I mean, you're playing Jackson State. I mean, yeah, a good Jackson State team is not Marquette. So this was an opportunity to get those guys back out there, to give some time to play. So is he going to be thinking about, you know, minute restrictions? Of course not. But I think at the same time, we all know Brad's game plan was always, guys, go out there, you play as hard as you can, for as long as you can, we'll sub you out and get you some rest. And and I think he will definitely be back to that. Um, Now that he has both of his guards on the floor, he can, you know, divvy up those minutes by bringing in people to give either or both of them a rest. I don't expect to see both of them off the court, um, but I do say he'll be able to divvy that time up to give those guys some rest. But, you know, now that Carbello is helping fully pass the concussion protocol, uh, definitely we'll be playing more than 25 minutes. I think it would be close to 30 minutes yeah. for both of them. Well- well, Dion, we'll uh, we'll let you get ready to to head up to Milwaukee here and join me. Um, Scott Ritchie picks Illinois by fifteen tonight, so <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I don't think he's far off. I don't think he, I really don't think he's far off. I mean, I think we win by double digits. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say fifteen, but I think we are first. You got a first year head coach, new guys, new he knew all this other stuff, and we don't have that. Plus, we got some really good players on our team as well. Um, and, if, and knowing Brad and, and how he plays defense, they're going to put a little bit of a damper on, on what Marcel can do. And that, as he goes, that team goes. Um, they're, they're a young team right now, and I think they're running up against an older team that's better prepared. All right. We'll see you tonight, Dion. Drive safely. Will do, my friend. See you guys later, LT. All right. I'm gonna get to ninety. I'm gonna get to ninety, man. I'm gonna get to <laughs> <laughs> you guys right. have a good day, Brian. I'll see you yeah. soon. All right, see you soon. All right, Dion Thomas with us here this morning. All right, a break. Uh, we've got some news coming up here in a little bit, but first, this time out here on a penny for your thoughts at ten thirty. We're in uh, Milwaukee today, kind of getting overcast as we speak, and temperatures in the low 30s here in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, just a little bit over what east of Madison, where we typically are, and uh, the Illini playing here, Marquette. The Golden Eagles used to be the Warriors, now the Golden Eagles, and uh, Al McGuire coached there for many years, won a national title uh, in 77, and uh, we're here tonight for Illinois and Marquette, part of the Gavitt games for Dave Gavitt. Boy, did he have a big impact, Lauren, on college basketball. Really did, both he and his son. And uh, these Gavitt games, you know what they do? They require good teams to play other good teams on their courts. And what you see in the regular scheduling, that doesn't happen. We have, you know, games against the Big East or games against the SEC or games against some other conference, 
but you don't see, uh, you know, the ACC. We've got the ACC challenge. But you don't see teams scheduling each other. If we didn't have these type of games, think of all the games we wouldn't get to see because coaches just won't schedule another top team on the road. And that's what we have tonight, Illinois and Marquette. All right, let's get an update from CBS News, and then we'll have more for you straight ahead. Someone had a question on the line for the Illinois-Marquette game. I have not seen it, but uh, I know uh, know the newspaper usually has it, and uh, I know there's no paper today, but uh, may have had it in there yesterday. And uh, Brent Musburger will have an update from him here in a little bit too. So anyway, uh, here's CBS News. Back on a penny for your thoughts. I'm in Milwaukee. Lauren is in Champaign. We've got Illinois and Marquette tonight. We just spoke with Dion Thomas for a few minutes. By the way, Daryl Morcel, 26 points, uh, the Maryland transfer in their last win. And they had uh, he also scored 21 in their win over SIU Edwardsville, 26 against New Hampshire. Five games against Illinois, Scott Ritchie reports. He's averaged 11.5 points a game. And the other guy to watch is uh, Justin Lewis, out of Baltimore, he's getting first-round projections in the 22 NBA draft. So there's a guy to keep an eye on as well as uh, Morcell. Uh, need to congratulate uh, St. Thomas More, Lauren. They won Absolutely. the uh, volleyball championship. Wow, 41-1. and one. Yeah. Uh, I, my daughter Kathy went to that match, and she came back and told me about it yesterday, and that's a tremendous win for them. Uh, just uh, they've had a really good volleyball team. Now they probably—I wonder if they'll jump up to uh, second uh, their their division one at this point, and they might go up to division two. That happened the last time about uh, four years ago, I believe, when they uh, when they won, and they then they moved up to the second uh, di- uh, uh, to a higher division. Uh, the state makes that uh, ruling and a decision, and I don't know how they do it. But obviously, if you're too successful in one, you move up to the next, I guess, huh? Well, I don't know, but uh, I'm trying to figure out who the I'm trying to remember who the one team that beat them was. But they were uh, somebody will tell me I'm sure 41 and one this year. So they had three Division One players on their uh, team. Of course, that certainly helped. Uh, Division One college players. I'm talking yep. about uh, recruits. Yeah, they they uh, lost football. the first, they lost the first set and came back and won the next two. That's right in the uh, semis, right? Well, no, in the finals too. Both in the finals too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, both Central A and M. Central A&M eliminates Arcola in football. Morton beat Muhammad Seymour, ending their unbeaten season. Uh, Unity, though, is in the state semifinals. Uh, first time since 2015 in the semis. They'll host Mount Carmel on Saturday. That'll give Unity four straight home games in the playoffs. Uh, they beat Williamsville. And Scott Hamilton, Lauren, 28 years, 11 state semifinal appearances. Mm. That's, that's remarkable. Well, they're good. They're a good team. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, you know, they, they've just, they keep on year after year. I think once you get that momentum going from, you know, the kids, young kids see the success that's being held, uh, ahead of them and, and they just want to be part of it. And I, I think the feeder system is an awful lot, awful important in, in any successful program. You got to have them coming up year after year. Line volleyball split over the weekend. They beat Indiana. And three, and then lost to Ohio State, and they're getting down to the uh, getting down to the end here of the regular season. So, yeah, they are. Uh, we'll see how they do when it comes to um, uh, you know the NCAA. They're playing an unbelievable Big Ten. 
Uh, I got a text here that says St. Thomas More doesn't have to go up yet. They have to go to state twice in four years to move okay. up, I believe. Uh, and our listener says they lost to Taylorville, who's a 3A team. Okay. Is who, is who beat them. So there's, there's the answer. I figure somebody would, uh, would let me know on that. So, yeah, uh, volleyball, uh, the state title there for St. Thomas More. Football playoffs getting near the, near the end of the line. The uh, championship games, of course, are up in DeKalb because Illinois will be playing Northwestern on that uh, Saturday after Thanksgiving as they alternate years there. And, of course, Illinois and Iowa football at uh, 1 o'clock. Saturday up in Iowa City. Of course, that's where Brett Bielema played football uh, up there for Hayden Fry and then worked uh, as a, on the staff uh, in Iowa City. And, and and we talked about it, Lauren, winning in the Big Ten West. Defense, field position, running the football. Uh, Brett Bielema, you know, coming, I think that's in his DNA from where he played all those years. Well, that's right. right. Iowa's been this way for a lot of years now. Of course, Ferentz has been there roughly two decades. I mean, he's he just uh, he's he's got his program established and and they play conservatively and they play hard and they play good defense and and the the, the thing that uh, carried them early were, were a number of interceptions and turnovers that they gained and then when that turned on them, you know, they didn't do so well against Ohio, but Wisconsin because of that, but because the the turnovers went the other direction, but uh, I think this game this could be a game where turnovers and penalties are going to be really crucial because if you uh, because both teams are going to play solid defense we we think we know that now and uh, seven straight games that that Illinois has played is it seven or eight that they've played now with, with uh, scoring uh, holding teams down under twenty four uh, that's a good you know that was a, that's something that uh, Iowa had going for them earlier remember. They had a long stretch of games under 24 until they played Wisconsin, I think. Well, it just shows you, you know, how, uh, how improved Illinois has been. And Ryan Walters has been, you know, obviously a, a big part of that, the defensive coordinator, and was rewarded accordingly uh, with a contract extension here in the last couple of days. But, yeah, I think it is seven games. But you think about to the, after the Virginia game, as an Illinois fan, what you thought when you thought ahead to this game coming up at Iowa, the way Iowa was playing, you thought, there's just no chance. And how, over time, the defense has improved. Illinois won a couple of road games. Iowa struggled to win a couple of games, lost a couple of games. And then you think, huh, this might be pretty close. <laughs> well, let, let me say something about that Virginia game because everybody looks at Virginia like, well, you shouldn't give up that many points to Virginia. You know who leads the nation in total offense individually? Brennan Armstrong, the quarterback for Virginia. He he had he led the nation going into Saturday. He couldn't play against Notre Dame, and Virginia didn't score a touchdown against Notre Dame. Now, I'm not saying that Virginia would have beaten Notre Dame, but it would have been a different game if Armstrong had played, and Armstrong was brilliant against Illinois, as we saw, and he's been brilliant all season. So Virginia was, uh, you know, Virginia presented something in a passing game that Illinois just wasn't ready for yet. Yeah, that Virginia offense, they, as you know, they did so much window dressing and moving people around, and the, that offense was exquisite. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, they were really, really good. And uh, they, uh, of course, you know, have had some high-scoring games uh, as well here in recent uh, games until the Notre Dame game, of course. But uh, anyway, uh, that was uh, that's where we'll be on Saturday and then in Kansas City a week from today and next Tuesday for the Hall of Fame games. Uh, Illinois against Cincinnati, which should be interesting, Lauren, and then either K-State – with Bruce Weber or Arkansas, 
Um, I don't know who's favored there, but uh, that'll be interesting to yeah, see. Yeah, well, Arkansas would be favored, I think, over Kansas State. We'll, uh, we'd love to play, uh, Bruce, just for the fun of it. <laughs> I think it'd be fun anyway. Hey, well, I think it would be, yeah, in Kansas City. So, anyway, we, We'd like another... to get another shot at Mark Smith. We can't beat him. I think he's, he's undefeated against Illinois playing for Missouri. I think that's right. And now he's at K-State, of course. All right, uh, another quick break here, and then we'll come back and continue with more here with Lauren Tate as we uh, visit up until 11 o'clock. Illinois and Marquette coming up tonight here on uh, this station and Light Rock 97.5 as we have the Gavit Games tonight from Milwaukee. Back in a moment. On a penny for your thoughts on this uh, Monday, I uh, mentioned uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jill Henry tomorrow. Jim Dye with us on Wednesday. Sinead Madigan will join us. Uh, Sinead over at Health Alliance about Medicare enrollment. We'll uh, do that at the end of the week as well. And then head out to Iowa City and uh, have the ball game there for you on Saturday, as you've heard. If you did any collision repair done on a vehicle, maybe you had the uh, wind the other day blow something into your car, like a shopping cart or uh, another vehicle or whatever the case may be, uh, big dance, little dings, they fix them all. Gallo Miller, paint and collision repair, south side of I-74, between the uh, Neal and Prospect exits. Make sure you say hi to uh, Dave and Bill. They've been involved in the body shop business, insurance. They've dealt with all of those folks, and they just make the process really, really easy for you in a uh, tough situation with an accident or a, you know bad stuff that happens. Or maybe you just want to get a paint job. You could do that, too, in, in a good way. They can help with that. Go to Gallo Miller. Paint and Collision, south side of I-74, between the Neal and Prospect exits, or go to gallomiller.com. Brian Barnhart with Lauren Tate. Dion Thomas was with us at the uh, after the 10 o'clock hour about the Illinois Marquette game coming up this evening. I was at an event uh, Saturday night, Lauren, over in Nokomis. They have a uh, museum over there, uh, the Bottomley Roughing Shock Museum. Hmm. For some local players, and they had a uh, induction into the Museum Hall of Fame for some players, and they do this over the years periodically. Uh, I think the last one was a few years ago, but they inducted eight players, uh, players from Central Illinois, basically, or Downstate Illinois, who made it to the big leagues in some fashion or, no- or another. Uh, probably the best known name of the group was Jason Worth, mm-hmm. who uh, of course played for the Phillies and won a World Series and the Nationals and. The Dodgers, I believe. Uh, Kevin Kozlowski from Aroa Forsyth was in that group. Uh, made it to the big leagues with Kansas City. Eric Weaver from Iliopolis was in there. Dennis Wirth, who is uh, Jason Wirth's stepdad, uh, was called up to the Yankees in the late 70s when Thurman Munson uh, was killed in that plane crash. Mm. Um, and then you had um, a couple of other guys that were in that mix. Ken Obergfell. Was, yeah, he played uh, third base in. for the Cardinals. Yep, was really uh, really a great player for the Cardinals. Uh, and uh, Kevin Seitzer, who's the hitting coach for the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was a good group and enjoyed that. So a lot of uh, downstate Illinois players. Uh, and it's a, it's a really neat museum if you ever get a chance to get over to Nokomis, which is not a big place, but they've really got a really good museum. And uh, some of those players uh, uh, were very much deserving of that honor. So So that was a lot of fun. Um, but anyway, well, basketball tonight, Lauren. We'll see um, what happens up here. One last game without Kofi. Yeah, I, I just think that uh, as long as uh, as they can keep Marcel under control, I think they got a real shot. 
I keep bringing up the fact that uh, the, these freshmen, the three freshmen, and, and I know Lewis is a, is a quality uh, freshman uh, from Baltimore, but six seven, he's, he's going to be hard to guard. But Illinois, these these three freshmen will be facing a defense in my guesstimate that may be tougher than anything they've ever faced because Illinois really plays. Underwood has reached, has gotten his teams now to play at a level defensively that we haven't seen in a while. And it's, it's, a, great, it's a unique quality that they have. They're, they're together on the thing. They're handling those pick and rolls really well. And uh, I, I just I think that the defense will be the, the deciding issue here in this game tonight, uh, particularly with those, uh, you know, as long as they can keep Marcel under control. And that's, that's going to be Fraser's job, I think, initially, because, they, because they've got three big guys, 6'8", 6'7", 6'10", uh, on in the front line for Marquette, which almost necessitates that you use Fraser and Curbelo against the other two guards. Uh, Texter says, "Hi, my son saw the potential in Coleman Hawkins last year as a freshman, and we knew, and he knew he was going to be good. He even gave him a nickname. In our house, Coleman's nickname is Blue. Blue. Maybe someone can let him know he has a nickname. Let's go Blue." <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, another texture says we were talking about Johnny Johnson and Jimmy Klein. My favorite Johnny Johnson game was against Penn State. We deserved to win, but what a fun game. Oh, man, what a game. Illinois had a two or three touchdown lead in that ball game early and at least a two touchdown lead. And that last drive was about 98 yards. And Collins was a quarterback for Penn State, took him all the way on the and the fullback uh, drove it in from the two-yard line to win the game after Illinois. And by the way, they were ranked like number two in the nation. And Illinois was ahead of the whole ball game and lost in the very last moments. Mm. Yep, Kerry Collins. Um, great uh, great name there. Uh, let's see here. And another vote against the loudness at the State Farm Center. Uh, someone else voted on that. So anyway, we've had some input on that today. Again, the Illini will not be home again until the day after Thanksgiving. Hmm. So it'll be a while. Uh, be in Kansas City next week, and then the, uh, what is it, Texas Valley, Rio Grande, I think, is the opponent um, coming up uh, on that day after Thanksgiving. Another texture just in says, will you have a Saturday sports talk at 9 this week? Yes. Yes, yes we will. In fact, I think we're doing uh, between sports talk Straight through game day mm-hmm. at eleven, the kickoff yep. at one, and the post yep. game after the game. That's right. <laughs> it's a so long day. Hope Scott Beatty's ready for all that. So. <laughs> We're <laughs> wearing him out, aren't we? <laughs> We're going to wear him out. So, uh, so I wonder if you wear that bow tie that he wore on television the other day. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I don't know if he'll do that again or not. But. <laughs> well, he certainly um, did it. Uh, and then, of course, the NFL yesterday, the Bears were off, but Green Bay had Aaron Rodgers back, and they did win over uh, Russell Wilson and uh, Seattle. So that was a win there. And I was looking up the other games, Lauren, in the Gavit games. Providence is at Wisconsin tonight, okay, just up the road in Madison. Tomorrow night, Seton Hall at Michigan. Uh, Creighton is at Nebraska tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Wednesday night, Michigan State at Butler. That should be interesting. Uh, St. John's at Indiana. Again, these are Big Ten Big East games. And then Thursday night, Ohio State at Xavier and Rutgers at DePaul. 
I think the so Big Ten is going to do very well in those those uh, pairings, don't you? I think so. Yeah, I like all the Big Ten matchups there. But uh, all right, and then we got one last caller here. A couple minutes to go. Uh, Sherry, go ahead if you can be quick. Oh, I will. Uh, I didn't know you were doing the loudness issue. I vote it's too loud, but I also vote that it seems like every time there's a timeout, and last game there were a million of them, um, that that loud music plays. I say let the band play. That's all. Thank you. Okay. I'm with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there are a lot of timeouts, and uh, certainly uh, you've talked about that, Lauren, how a lot of teams like Duke, they don't play hardly more than six or seven guys because – there's so many timeouts. Yeah, you get. There's plenty of rest. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Don Sunderland would think if he looked up today, if he was still alive, because in 1951 he played all the time, <laughs> you know. And there were, there were the timeouts weren't near as uh, prolific and as as frequent, and so, you know, it's just well, a, it, it's it's a different world, and you got to have the timeouts because that's where the money is. I was going to say that's where they make the money, and. Uh... Trying to remember what, uh, how many timeouts there were back 30, 40, 50 years ago. I mean, did you have two or three a half? Or I don't remember, remember? Uh, uh, yeah. Brian, but it wasn't nearly, not as many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now in the second half, the first timeout uh, called well, just a regular timeout becomes immediate timeout. So. Well, you got you got a timeout every four minutes, regardless of anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, under sixteen, under twelve, under eight, <laughs> under four. Uh, they do it all the time. So. You didn't, you definitely didn't have that. Yeah. All right. Well, Lauren, we'll look forward to uh, tonight's game. Should be fun uh, yep. for Illinois and our fans. And I'm guessing, again, we'll have a lot of orange up here. We'll see what the attendance. I think the building holds about 17,000. It's one of the big NBA arena. So we'll see how full it is and how many Illini fans make the track. I know we've got a lot of alums in Chicago, so it's a pretty easy drive, I would think, to get up here. Okay, Brian, bring them home. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Lauren Tate with us here this morning on a a penny for your thoughts. Uh, Good job by him as always, of course. And we've got Dion Thomas uh, to thank as well for being with us here this morning on a a penny for your thoughts. 217-356-9397 is always the number. Text line always open to you as well. 217-351-5357. And you can always email us, talk at wdws.com. Just keep those handy. And we'll talk about the game tomorrow. I'll be back in Champaign. We'll fly back with the team tonight and back in studio tomorrow for an open line at 9. And Jill Henry, Lieutenant Colonel, with us in that second hour on the honor flight, all-female honor flight, first one from the state of Illinois. Thanks to Blake Landa for his help. Ed Bond here on site in Milwaukee from the hotel in downtown Milwaukee. And we'll talk to you tonight. Game day coverage at 4. The game tips off at 6. Enjoy it. And this is News Talk 1400 AM and 93.9 FM WDWS.